Hello? Hey, Zach. How you doing? Much hey. better connection. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I had some Bluetooth headphones in, and the sound wasn't coming through the headphones. It was through the phone, and I turned them on and off, and that's when it, like, cut out. Uh-huh. No worries so at all, I, man. No worries. I just plugged in some headphones. Cool, there. man. But, hey, gra- glad to get you on. Uh, I know we've, uh, you know, shot back and forth some Facebook messages, and, um, you know, I think we had the same agent for a while. Um, but uh, good. it'll be good to get to know you a bit more and uh, definitely – Glad to hear your story and also share your story with um, the audience here. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. W- were you working with PSE or Soccer Visa? Uh, I, I was with uh, Ju- Julian Lund- Lundberg. Oh, you're with Julian. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, let's talk about that after. But, uh, yeah, if we could just uh, if you could just give us a quick intro, you know, your name, uh, who you play for, your age, your, where you're from originally, your position, uh, you know, mm-hmm. stage is yours. Whatever you'd like to say, you could say, but uh, glad to get you on. Oh, yeah, of course. No, I'm happy to do it. Glad we could connect. Yeah, man. So, um, do, I, so uh, do I just, like, go and then you'll do all the editing and stuff later type of thing? or no, no, bro. Uh, we're, just, we're, just, we're on right now. We're you know? on. Okay. It, it, it's, it's a one take, bro. So okay, one and done. Just, Let's go. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, no pressure. All right. Um, well, my name is uh, Zach Lubin. Uh, right now, I'm currently playing for Phoenix Rising FC in the USL. Um, I'm 28 years old. I grew up in Montana. Uh, I was born in Colorado but uh, spent the first four years of my life in Australia and New Zealand. Uh, those are, that's a big part of my life because I don't really remember it, but I don't think I would be a soccer player had I not uh, lived in Australia uh, before I moved to Montana. And I'm, I'm a goalkeeper, and uh, I think I fell into the goalkeeping position because of my size, uh, you know, six foot five, um, athletic, and, you know, that's a big part of the, the qualities on the pitch are uh, very loud. Uh, I own the 18-yard box. Um, I'm a huge presence on the field, and that's what really helps to, to push my game. And, um, yeah, I played. This will be my fifth year as a pro. I've played around the world, played two years in Sweden. Uh, then this will be my third year in the USL for a couple different clubs. Fantastic, fantastic. So, uh, you could sh- you know share a bit of the the journey in Sweden. Where were you in Sweden? Um, I actually signed my first professional contract in Sweden with uh, IFK Luleå. Uh, uh-huh. They are in we're playing them uh, this weekend, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah so, uh, where are you at? You, that's that's north. Yeah, man. I'm at uh, I'm at a club called Uterhogdal. Um Really good club. Um, we're basically the farm team for Ostersund FK. Oh, okay. So, you know, basically uh, they're looking over us, and uh, whoever does well, they look to bring up the training. And uh, hopefully a couple of us make a jump there, but um, just focusing on the season right now. But, yeah, I mean, we're the, we're the, south, the most south team in the North Division. So okay. it's going to be a long trip this weekend. Yeah, yeah, there was, it was always a long trip traveling with, uh, with them because we were the only team, you know, really north of – much more north of Stockholm, like, so we exactly. were flying every weekend. Um, exactly. Yeah, so played a year in Lulio. That was my first – you know, it took me 
after college, it took me like three or four years, um, three years to make the jump to full-time nice. professional. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I was grinding. I was working different jobs, yeah. uh, coaching Love and that. playing part-time. So, Love that. Uh, you know, that first year in Lulio was uh, such an amazing experience being in a different country, being in Europe, mm-hmm. uh, playing full-time football. Mm. Uh, was was awesome. I met a really good friend who we're still really good friends, Kevin Garcia. You know, mm. he was in the same boat. He was grinding, and now he's a you know first team guy for the Houston Dynamo. Fantastic. Uh, so, that, so yeah, that that route through Scandinavia, I think, is uh, so like it. It's helped so many players, you know, get the experience you need because there's just not enough opportunities here in the U.S. Exactly. So, if I may ask you, where where did you play college ball? Uh, St. Martin's University in okay. uh, in Olympia, Washington, uh, near nice. Seattle. Nice. Uh, that was always kind of my. I always wanted to play in Colorado, uh, kind of back to where I was born, or or Washington. That's where my mom's family's from. Those are um, definitely a West Coast guy, and I, I love Seattle. That's that's kind of my city, and someplace nice. I can always imagine seeing myself live. Nice man. So after so after college, how did it work for you? How'd you make the jump out to Sweden? Because I honestly. You know, uh, part of this podcast, and um, I'm sure you know, I mean, the process is the most beautiful part, and that's what I really try to stress to people. Uh, you know, you can make these jumps, and obviously where you're at at the moment is, is awesome, and uh, it's always the present is always awesome, but looking back and uh, looking at the process, I'm sure you can vouch for this, that um, it's really beautiful, and, and the grind is what makes it you know, such a great sport and uh, such a great experience, like you said. Oh, it's, uh, it's so true. Uh, you know, I always, if I'm, if I'm ever, you know, in a tough time or something, something's not going right on the field or mm-hmm. even off the field, you know, I look back at, at the journey I've taken. And um, that just reminds me so much how much joy it's brought me in um, and, and the people I've met and the things I've got to do because of football and, you know, exactly. it's, it, it really is an amazing thing. And uh, you, you get to do so much that a lot of people don't get to experience. Absolutely. You know, you always say in the beginning of your career, you bring the ball everywhere with you. But uh, when you start, you know, getting into the pro ranks, getting to the higher level, the ball brings you places. Uh, and I think that's beautiful. Exactly. That's, yeah. a, that's actually a, that's a nice little quote there. I like that a lot. Exactly. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so back to – after college, you know, I was, I went to a small division two school. Um, so I graduated and I was able to stay on as a, as a goalkeeper coach for the university. Um, so that, that was a great way to stay in the game, make a little bit of money, be able to train. Uh, you know, I'd always go out an hour before team training, do my own training, uh, then coach them. Then I'd probably have to go run some private sessions run a goalkeeper clinic somewhere afterwards. Excuse me. No um, and then, uh, you know, I worked at GNC, but I was playing PDL um, mm. for Kitsap Pumas. Nice. That's very, good very good PDL team. We, we won the national championship in 2011. Um, so that really, that helped me get my name out. Um, then was able to join the Sounder under 23s. Uh, was training with the first team, playing games with the under 23s. Uh, couldn't quite make the jump totally, you know, really needed that 
a little bit uh, higher level in between the two. So that's when I that's when I went to Sweden and I went through uh, a company called Axe Soccer Tours. Mm-hmm. Um, I had been going to a few combines, Soccer Visa, very good one. I know Joe Funcello, really great guy. Um, and then, but this one I went through Axe Soccer Tours, went and played in a combine in California, and they had some scouts, and that's where IFK Lulio saw me play and um, invited me out on trial. So the right. best part of this is, uh, I mean, I booked, it was just a trial, uh, but I booked a one-way ticket. Like Fantastic. I, I packed for the year. I booked a one-way Love ticket. It. I was going to stay over there as long as it took. You know, I was going to start going to different clubs if I needed to. But fortunately, you know, after like two weeks, uh, they, they made a contract offer. So it was, it was, I planned for a long road, but it, it uh, it worked out well for me. Yeah, that's good to hear because uh, that just shows that you got confidence in yourself that you were going to make it work either way. And I think that belief and that hope really uh, is a big is a big thing on this journey. Oh, definitely. Um, you know, like I said, this guy Joe Funcello, I had worked with him. He brought me to Iceland. He told me stories about what he had done in England. He had done the same thing. And you know, you watch the movie Rise and Shine, the Jay Demerit story. And, you know, he did the same thing. You know, he was going, booked the ticket to England with his buddy and was over there for a year just knocking on clubs' doors. Um, and, you know, then that, that took him to the Premier League. So, um, and the U.S. national team. Um, so there's, there's a lot of guys to do it. And it, it pays off if you have the dedication to do it and will to do it. Absolutely. So how old were you when you signed that contract at Lulio? I was 24. Okay. Yeah, so I, I graduated college at 21 and, you know, it, was, yeah, it took a few years, but, you know, that makes it really like all all the sweeter when, it you know, you take years grinding and working, working for something and then it finally happens. Uh, it feels like every year gets better and better. Exactly, exactly. You just you keep sharpening that sword. You keep getting better every single day. And uh, what I always say is you just control the controllables, uh, which is, you know, training hard uh, in the gym, on the pitch, eating well, eating right, uh, setting your mind right, and then also, you know, sleeping and making sure you recover. I think those are the main controllables. And then the uncontrollables control themselves. You know, the opportunities pop uh, pop up. And once that opportunity pops up, you're ready for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, It's all about being ready for that opportunity because you never know when it's going to come. Like exactly. uh, before I got that call to go to Sweden, I was – I was waiting, you know, I'd gone to this combine and done really well. I hadn't heard anything. And then all of a sudden they're like, Hey, we want you here. Like <laughs> get a flight and be here in a week, you know? So I, exactly. you know, I, I booked a flight and I was there, you know, I think 10 days later. Nice, man. Nice. Um, yeah. I mean, I think people nowadays, they think things are just going to fall on their lap. Um, but you know, that's not really how things happen. No, no, you, you gotta make it happen. Exactly. So uh, what was so you spent one year at Luleå and then where'd you go after that? Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up signing with the Tulsa Roughnecks uh, in the USL. They were a brand new USL team. I was, you know, I wanted to go back to Luleå. They uh, they made me an offer, but I, you know, I, I wanted more. I was always trying to like, you know, get to the next exactly. level, get to the top exactly. league. Um, I had gone on trial in Ireland in the Irish Premier League. Uh, yeah. that off season and with Cork city, a very good team there in Europa. 
you know, I couldn't turn down this opportunity. And by the time that was over, my club in Sweden was like, no, we've, we've already found a goalkeeper. Like, but I, I don't, I knew I had this backup in Tulsa, but, uh, you know, really happy for that Ireland, Ireland experience too. Mm-hmm. Uh, amazing country and good football. And you, you get a little different perspective on the game and no matter where you go. Uh, but then, yeah, I signed with the Tulsa Roughnecks for the 2015 season in the USL. Um, right. and that was that was uh, that was a great time. You know, I love being back in the U.S. as well. It's a different culture, and you know, fitting into the group a little bit more. You know, surrounded by guys who have kind of gone through the same experiences. Exactly. Um, and we had a we had an okay season. It was it was fun. You know, we had great support there. You know, we averaged we're like third in the league, third or fourth in the league in attendance. Wow. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, I wasn't really sure about uh, the move to Tulsa in the first place. You know, I yeah. didn't know anything about didn't know anything about the Midwest or Oklahoma or okay. or anything. I don't even know if I looked up Tulsa on the map other than <laughs> when I put it in my GPS um, and just you know drove out there. Um, so, but it was it was uh, it was a lot more than I ever expected. It was, it was great. It was a really yeah. good experience. Was David Abador out there when you were there? He was actually on trial. He was sleeping uh-huh. in, in my, uh-huh. when I, he was there before me uh, on trial and he was actually in, in my bedroom when I got there. Really? Wow. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's funny. I, I, I let him, I let him keep the, the bedroom until he was, he was done a couple of days later, you know, um, you know, we wanted him to get proper rest. I was signed and, uh, you know, nice. I want to give him a good chance. They want to kick him out on the couch yet. It's good stuff, man. So, it's good stuff. Yeah. But a uh, great dude. And then we, yeah. you know, me and David have crossed paths a lot. I was in uh, Chicago this offseason training with him. Nice. Um, yeah, he's a good dude. Good buddy of mine as well. Yeah, he's he's back in Sweden now this year. Yeah, he's actually in Finland right now. Oh, he is? Yeah, he signed with, uh, I think, Haka? Team in the second oh, tier. Wow. Yeah, yeah, Haka's so a good, good club. For him. Yeah, happy for him, happy for him, mm-hmm. for sure. Because, I mean, uh, you know, he was with the Red Bulls, too, last year, and then uh, couldn't find a club, and then he, you know, got a great opportunity in Finland, and he jumped on it, so happy for yeah. him. Uh, but uh, in terms of, you know, um, you know, I, I actually wonder myself, because I never played in the USL or anything. I've been out here for a couple of years in Europe. But uh, what is the, you know – what what would you compare Division One Sweden to USL? It's uh, I'm pretty curious myself on that one. Um, you know, it's uh, it's a crazy how quickly the USL has grown. Just every year, yeah, it's better exactly. and better and better. It's uh, you know, before I was in Sweden, um, I'd been around some USL clubs, and I was like, I, I didn't really want to be in the league. Uh, you know, there's only. I think of 10 or 12 teams in the league then uh, not very well supported. And I thought Europe was definitely a better route. Uh, But you know, that joining with the MLS, this league is just blown up and it's amazing. The level of play now. Uh, I think, you know, I think about this comparing it to like division one Sweden all time. It's, it's different, but similar. I think it would be good competition. Uh, I think in Sweden you have, a little bit more technical skill, yeah, ball mastery yeah. type of stuff. Um, exactly. But in the USL, it's bigger, faster, stronger. Um, mm-hmm. The game moves quicker. 
but but every year I think the technical side gets better. So, you know, when I was in Lulio uh, and then that first year in the USL, I think Division One would win a lot. But now this year, you know, like I said it's better and better. I think I think the USL has made the leap uh, to definitely where it's like a little bit more comparable to like Superettan. Yeah, um, yeah, Superettan now. So, nice. Um, which is great to see because, yeah, the, the technical skilled players and these young players in the U.S. who are coming up are so skilled now where, you know, I'm, I'm 28. When I was coming up, you, you didn't see a ton of that very skilled uh, players coming up. Um, so it's, it's, it's awesome to see the growth of U.S. soccer. For sure, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's good to see. Uh, and I, I really wonder why that is. I mean, I haven't really – delve deep into the u.s development for a while but i'm sure they're focusing a lot more on the uh like you said in the beginning the ball mastery and being good on the ball because as we both know that's the most important thing in football even if you you know most players average two to three minutes on the ball a game but Mm -hmm. it matters what they do on the ball and uh i think that's what determines a player's value oh exactly and i think it's it's really the the coaching that's come yeah. so far because you know 10 12 years ago um when i was coming you know through youth soccer you know i don't think i mean i'm from montana too so i i don't want to bash it but you know soccer is not a very popular sport um yeah, exactly. and, and the level of coaching wasn't that high so you uh you know now we have guys who all these coaches have played college soccer you know, exactly. and maybe even played a little bit of, you know, into the USL or pro, you know, and we have coaches coming from Europe. Uh, so just the level of coaching and soccer IQ has just grown so much in the ranks of coaching and making sure coaches all have their licenses and can, you know, properly teach these kids. It's uh, in the academy systems. Um, I didn't even know what academy was when I was a kid. And now it's like, you know, academies are everywhere in every city. Exactly. Um, it's it's fantastic. Yeah, and and it's you know I think it's getting more more European like. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, where, where they're I think academies are now thirteen and fourteen. They have some academies, and that's great to hear and great to see because um, you know the younger they get into these good systems, uh, and they're surrounded by uh, as good of players or better players that's when they're going to start to grow. Uh, and, and that's great to see. And um, the only problem that I do see with the U.S. is the from the academy system to the college system. Oh, yeah, exactly. And uh, just touch on the academies too, you know, sporting Kansas City, L.A. Galaxy, I wouldn't be surprised if more now. But those two have their own schools too now. Wow, um, wow. Yeah, okay. so they have their own education programs in the academy. So, you know, these guys are – very much on that European path where they, you know, they train school train. Um, and, uh, so they don't have to work around a school schedule. They can make their school schedule work around the football. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the college system needs to change. I, I totally agree. Um, I think it, it, it is the NCAA starting to realize that, that, you know, more time on the ball, um, you know, more games, longer seasons. And that's exactly. really because otherwise the college game is going to fall out. You know, the USL is replacing collegiate soccer. 
Yeah, you're right. And I, I see a lot of these guys are just going straight from academies to homegrowns. And most mm-hmm. of them are playing with the USL size, just getting experience there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And, so you know, from a European – sorry about that. Oh, you no, know? you're good. I, I think it's it's great. Um, yeah. It's great to see. I mean, I'm I'm someone who – I value education and I think it's a exactly. very important thing. Um, but then the MLS is doing great things where, uh, you know, they provide also, you know, they, they give you an opportunity to get educated while you're playing for them. You know, they have a partnership with the university of New Hampshire and wow. you can, uh, you can take online classes while you're playing and stuff too. So it's, uh, you know, generation Adidas kids gets, yeah. uh, they, you know, if they do want to go back to school after playing that, that school is paid for. Um, and I also think, I think the galaxy have worked out a deal with Cal state Dominguez Hills where these kids can, they basically get a scholarship to the school. Uh, but they're not a collegiate athlete. They're still playing for the galaxy, but the galaxy is paying for the university. So, Wow, that's um, crazy. Because that, I'm, I'm a big fan of education. I think, yeah. every, you know, a career, soccer career only lasts so long, and there's a ton of life after. And, yeah. you know, there's only so many people who make enough money to to live off their career their whole life, you know. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And thus far, MLS isn't quite paying that much. You know, it's only, you know, in England, Germany, Spain, and the top league and the top, top players. So, I think you got to be educated and you got to be ready for something after football. No, exactly. And that's a great point. And I think, um, you know, even if you, if you can't get access to education or, you know, you uh, can't afford it or whatever, I think you could self-educate yourself with how much stuff there is online, you know, mm-hmm. podcasts, books, audio books, courses, YouTube videos. And I think that's part of, um, you know, being an accountable human. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just taking responsibility for your own education. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. I, I totally agree. I'm, I won't lie. I've been, uh, I've gone a couple of gone a year or two of Netflix and just all day outside of training. But, uh, now I've, I felt like I've wasted enough time where now I'm, I'm getting into the books. I've, you know, podcasts, I think are a great, uh, exactly. tool, so much information, so much free content out there. So much you can learn exactly. and, and then reading. Uh, Absolutely. And, and that's, I think, helped, you know, I think it helps you on the field too, you know, get, get oh, your absolutely. brain, get your brain working in, uh, in a different way. And that's, that's going to help it sharpen up on the field as well. Absolutely. That's, that's actually a very interesting point. I haven't even thought of that, but I think, you know, the more you educate yourself off the field, I think the better problem solver you are on the field. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, I think football is basically like a chess game. Mm-hmm. Hundred percent. Yeah, man. But um, so yeah. After uh, after Tulsa, where where did you head next? Uh, that got me an opportunity with Sporting Kansas City. Nice. Uh, they they had seen me play. They were they were getting a new USL team, uh, directly owned and operated, uh, by Sporting Kansas City. So uh, you know, I was really excited about that. You know, I was a guy they looked at to maybe bring up to the first team. Uh, so signed with their USL team. Uh, I went to preseason. I did a full preseason with MLS. Uh, you know, what a great experience that was. You know, that opened up, you know, it was like, you know, Lulio, first full-time pro. Yeah, you know, Tulsa crazy. was awesome, too, where 
you travel a little differently than in Sweden. And then, then I'm in MLS preseason and that's, you know, we're going to Arizona and nice hotels, food, like, you know, you are, you are hundred percent taken care of where all you have to do yeah. is focus on playing. That's it. Yeah. And that was, uh, you know, that was, that was something different than even, you know, Sweden and Tulsa where you still had, you still had other stuff going on. You still had to, you know, take care of other things where this was like, you're taking care of now, just go play. Oh, yeah. Um, so that, you know, that, that gave me another little taste of, you know, what, what it's like, uh, to be in the top, uh, you know, leagues in the world. And, uh, so that, that was a great experience. You know, I was battling, I had, uh, a lot of great goalkeepers to work with, uh, Tim Melia, Alec can, uh, John Kempen, you know, they were all there with the first team Tim Melia, amazing story this guy he's grinded so hard and now he was last year mls goalkeeper of the year so fantastic uh learned learned a ton from them played a lot uh you know a lot of a lot of what happens to you is about timing and there's definitely a lot of luck and you know i was competing to earn an mls contract uh and those goalkeepers ahead of me with the first team you know they had outstanding years uh alec can jumped in when tim was injured did well um, and so I didn't end up signing a first team contract that year. Um, but, uh, you know, it was, it was still a great experience to be, cause I get to train with the MLS team for a lot of the season, um, and learn more there. And that made so much improvement there that, uh, uh, you know, couldn't have asked for a better year. And, you know, it's, it's amazing where Tulsa to Kansas city and then, um. Yeah, you move on from there. So it was, uh, it was awesome. Nice man. I mean, I'm sure that year really put you out of your comfort zone, and uh, you were around a lot of a lot of fantastic goalkeepers and fantastic players. So I'm sure oh. it uh, put you out of your comfort zone and gave you some good obstacles and adversity. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. You know, and it's it's so much different. You know, going from you know, playing, you know, stopping balls from, you know, Dom Dwyer and Benny Failhunter and uh, Roger Espinosa, you know, these guys, you give them a, you give them an inch and they'll, they'll take a mile from, you You know, you can't lean, you can't, you learn so much from not just the goalkeepers, but from the strikers, you know, you can't cheat. They see it. They're so quick and their, their vision's amazing. Um, And so that you, you learn a ton from them. And so it was a invaluable experience. Um, for sure, it made some really good friends from there, you know, too. Yeah, fantastic. So uh, where did the journey take you on after KC? So that was, uh, that was an interesting offseason for me. Um, that's actually when I came into contact with Julian Lundberg. <laughs> um, oh, my God, that guy's something, bro. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I was trying to make it happen. Like, you know, I, I wanted to stay in the U.S., um, you know, I I didn't give it time. I was impatient, but uh, so I went to preseason with the Seattle Sounders um, mm-hmm. to go just train. Um, they didn't have a contract for me. I knew that, uh, but you mm-hmm. know, they needed a goalkeeper for preseason and stuff. Um, exactly. And I made the decision very early. I, I think even before preseason started, maybe in like Jane, like the beginning of January or as preseason was starting that Julian contacted me. He was like, Hey, I got some teams in Sweden. Yeah. They definitely need a goalkeeper. Um, you know, I wasn't getting the looks I felt like I deserved, 
Um, so maybe, I mean, I needed to be humbled a little bit. Uh, I needed to trust the process a little bit. Um, you know, USL teams hadn't even started and I was nervous. Um, so I, you know, took this opportunity with Julian. I, you know, I, I went to preseason with Seattle for three weeks, I think. Um, and then I was like, Hey, you know, I, I got to go first of February came around and I, I went to Sweden. Mm. Um, but I didn't do my homework. I didn't do my research. And I landed at uh, Arlanda Airport in <laughs> Stockholm. And there was nobody there to pick me up. Yeah. Uh, the, Julian wasn't there. Uh, I was supposed to be on trial with Westeros. Um, yep. Uh, a very good club. I, I kind of knew him. Um, and... Uh, they didn't even know I was arriving. Well, I was in the airport for a couple hours. Unbelievable. On, on, my, on my own, couldn't get a hold of Julian, couldn't get a hold of – I didn't even have any contacts with Westeros. I was just trusting him. Yeah, um, yeah. <clears throat> but, uh, I mean, like, finally, a couple hours go by, finally hear from Julian. He's like, hey, basically, you got to get yourself to Westeros. I'll get yeah. you sorted. I was got myself to Westeros on a bus. It was on my own. Got a hotel room. Mm-hmm. Luckily, luckily, I knew a player on trial with them. He had played uh-huh. with the Seattle Sounder under 23s. Okay. So I got in touch with him. I was staying with him in the apartment. Um, the coach had no idea I was there. He wasn't even around that week. He was finishing yeah. up his UEFA A license. Um, he, he allowed me to go to training and stuff, even though I was just the assistant, a goalkeeper coach. Um, so that whole time I'm working to – to figure out what my next move was. Um, luckily, Sweden, I knew I'd been there. Um, I had friends there. I knew contacts. So I just started reaching out to everyone. Um, yeah. Score, you know, got in a couple of trials, uh, you know, went on a trial in Superat and did very well. They just didn't really need a goalkeeper. But, you know, it's it's weird how things work. So I was there on trial with Superat and I was talking to a guy on the team who knew – a teammate of mine from yeah. IFK Lulio, Patrick Wallin, and mm. we were talking, and he had just signed with um, a new club in – well, they're not new, but he had just signed in Gothenburg uh, mm. with Lunchila SK. I didn't, uh-huh. I didn't realize that, but – so and he's like, yeah, I think they only have one goalkeeper. So I reached out to Patrick. Um, he put me in touch with the coach, and, yeah, they brought me out on trial, and uh, – after a week or two, they they uh, signed me. So, nice. Um, all things you know come around, and exactly. Uh, you know, I stayed in Westeros, uh, you know, on my own dime, and trained with them until I was ready to go to Gothenburg and go on that trial. You know, it was all exactly. about staying ready and doing what you had to do. Uh, once again, I had bought a one way ticket, uh, a one way ticket to Sweden because um, yeah, you know, I wasn't going to take the year off. I was going to play and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it ultimately worked out in the end. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know, sorry to laugh in the beginning or anything like that, but I, I completely hear uh, where you're coming from because I worked with the same guy, man. And uh, it was tough times, man. But like you yeah. said, uh, we've put in the work by ourselves and, um, you know, done everything we could. And I think that also demonstrates the power of a good network and really mm-hmm. leaving a good good impression and a lasting impression on everyone you meet 
because you never, ever, ever know who can help you. And I think that one of the main things is, you know, don't burn bridges and just be nice to everyone that you meet because you never know uh, how they can help you out in the future, how you can help them out. And uh, it just pays to be nice to people and, uh, you know, be kind. Uh, exactly. You know, it's uh, and I try to do that as well everywhere I go. Um, and exactly. and I, I think that goes back to being we talked about, you know, not just watching Netflix all day, but reading and being educated and being a good human being, because that goes Absolutely. so far when you can talk to people and have conversations and, um, you know, the, those people can ultimately help you. Um, and yeah, I'm so glad I left a good reputation in Lulio and my teammate with Patrick vouched for me um, with his new coach. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, I even think the Westeros coach, uh, you know, got a phone call from them and uh, you know, I'd been there. I, I worked hard. I, was listening i was learning um nice and that you know that helped me out too so uh yeah and i and i do i build i try to build a network everywhere i go i you know i enjoy learning and you know not just having teammates as teammates but you know learning about them as people and you know Mm -hmm. make these connections which i love too because in the end it's you know it's all about the people you meet and the experiences you have and uh you know now it's now i love that i can go most places in the U S and I'll have a friend and just about mm-hmm. like any city with all the places I've played. So, um, yeah, it's, it's invaluable to, 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 you know, really connect with people because your network is ultimately the most important thing. It's all about who, you know, exactly. And like you said, you know, it's all about making lasting friends and lasting relationships because, mm-hmm. uh, like you said before, even with the education and things like that, your friends and the relationships you have will last much longer than your career. So mm-hmm. you might as well put put some time into it. Yeah, that's and that's all part of the journey. You know, that's what makes it so special is you can go and you meet people from all around the world uh, and you exactly. can connect on a different level than uh, than anything. Exactly, man. And uh, so after Young Sheila, was that when you made the jump over to Phoenix? Yep. Um, you know, I, I paid, uh, I, and then the other thing I, I learned from my mistake too, and jumping on this really early, uh, opportunity in Sweden, I, I missed out on some back here in the U S uh, mm. I was already in Sweden and then the calls started coming, uh, you know, and from, from clubs trying to make moves, you know, in February, March, but, um, so I, I did kind of want to be back in the U S, um, you know, it was up and down year in Lushila. We were very, very good. Uh, and then, when, sadly, the second part of the season, we were very, very bad. You know, we were, we found we went yeah. from a promotion fight to a relegation fight real quick mm-hmm. um, and stuff. Uh, you know, I had a girlfriend here in the U.S. Um, yeah. Not that that, like, you know, it's nice to be closer and not something like I'm going to give up on uh, football. But, uh, you know, nice to be home and a little bit closer uh, to the U.S. and I really had been enjoying my time in the U.S. playing in the USL. Um, and Phoenix was a team I had always looked at, like, with my eye on that. So I'm like, you know, that's a club I, I really want to be a part of. And then last year seeing the guys they had, you know, Didier Drogba's on the team. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah. a part owner. You know, there was Bradley Wright Phillips, uh, wow. Jordan Stewart, um, you know, these guys who played in the Premier League and um, – and, you know, they built a new stadium, they, you know, selling out the games. Uh, 
it just looked like a place. And even before they were Phoenix Rising, I was always like, man, I really enjoy Phoenix. Uh, yeah. I, I, I love the sun. I love the heat. Um, and Lucila, it was, it was cold and rainy man, oh, for, man. for a lot Dark. of the years. That yeah. West, the West Coast of Sweden is a wet place. Yeah, man. Um, so I was, I was like, man, I need to play somewhere warm. Of course. Uh, and luckily, you know, I was this, this off season, I, I acted as my own agent. Uh, nice. you know, I, I wanted to take my career in my own hands and I felt like exactly. I had built up a, a big enough network, uh, of people. Um, and so, you know, I was making calls. I had a few opportunities. I went on trial in Vegas. Uh, they offered me a contract, but it just didn't quite feel right uh, in the same sense of what happened when I went to Sweden. I was like, you know, this is early in January. I'm not quite ready to to say yes if it doesn't feel right. Um, exactly. You know, exactly. you gotta you gotta find opportunities that are good for you on and off yep. the field. Um, and then uh, Phoenix, you know, I I, I had reached out in just about every outlet possible. You know, I knew some people in the supporters groups who had contacts with the board or, you know, some players. And I just, uh, you know, finally in fortunate, but unfortunate, you know, they, they had one of the goalkeepers took an injury. Um, and so they needed to replace him. And I was one of the first calls. Uh, so, you know, they gave me the opportunity to come out and train. And, you know, after a couple of days, I, I earned the contract and I, I couldn't be happier about, where I landed here. Um, yeah, that's this, fantastic. This club is doing really big things. You know, obviously they're they are trying to get the MLS bid. Um, so we're really hoping to hear that we we get the I think twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one entrance in the in the MLS at the end of this year. Uh, you know, with it's amazing with you know Didier Drogba in the locker room. You know, a, a global football icon um mm-hmm. and you know a guy he's, he's part owner of the club uh he plays i mean he's still one of the best players he's still the best player on the field and he's yeah. uh he just turned 40 this year Holy um, crap. and you know he holds the club to such a high standard um you know and and not just for him but he he looks out for us too um yeah you know he makes sure we're taken care of properly um, and then, you know, he holds all of us to such a high standard, um, on the field as well. You know, everyone wants to play well when he's on the field. Yeah. Um, and I want, you know, when I'm facing off against him in goal, you know, I want to, I want to save everything. I mean, I mean, see, he, exactly. he, he gets me more often than not, but you know, when <laughs> yeah, I make yeah. When I do make that save against them, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. And there's been days that I, I think I've, I've won a day or two yeah. <laughs> against them. And those days feel really good. Granted, it's been, you know, three months and I only have a day or two on them. But, hey, yeah. uh, you know, it's baby steps. So Exactly, man. One step at a time. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's such a great experience. And the club, they, they take such good care of us. They, they are running a MLS caliber club um you know already uh mm. and that's such a refreshing thing for especially being the usl uh and to be taken care of quite like this is uh it's it's great so now it's like you know i'd love to be on the field i love to love to be a training uh because i know everything else you know they're taking care of me so exactly it makes exactly. it so much easier to perform 
for sure, for sure. How how is he as a dude? Did he? Oh, he's great. He's uh, super down to earth. You know, it's I always have looked around some of these locker rooms, and he and he's the very essence of this. That like, you know, some of these older veteran players in the league. You know, when I was with you know in preseason with Seattle Sounders, when I'm preseason working with Kansas City, that. Yeah. You know, you do something you love your whole life. You you stay, I think, so young and energetic. Um, exactly. And he's so down to earth. He's he's jokes all the time. You know, he's singing and dancing. Like, you know, you just get so much joy out of doing something you love. And that, and then you can go to any locker room in the world and see some of these older guys who you would never think are, you know, forty years old, grown adults because they just have so yeah. much joy uh, in, in what they're doing. So. Uh, and he, and he's, and I, I, he's so great to talk to, you know, I, I yeah. pick his brain all the time. I ask him questions. Awesome. I, you know, ask him questions about his career. I ask him questions about goalkeepers he's played against. So, you know, I ask him questions about strikers and what can I do to make mm-hmm. myself better? You know, what are tendencies he looks for? Um, mm. and he's, he tells, he'll t- tell so many stories about, you know, playing in champions league, playing in the world cup. Wow. Uh, you know, the teams he's been on, the players he's been around. So he's, yeah. uh, you know, very open and, and really teaches us. You know, he, he takes a little bit of a coach's role and, uh, yeah. you know, and, and takes the time to, to help players and teach teach players. So it's it's awesome. Yeah, that's so awesome just to have a resource like that mm-hmm. and just someone that can, uh, like you said, answer, answer all your questions and uh, someone you could pick his brain and uh, – and that's fantastic to hear and i'm sure like you said he's such a positive guy and that's what helps him stay so young and energetic just looks oh, at the, yeah. the good things mm-hmm. and uh you know it was awesome this year because of him being on our team we uh part of our preseason we took a trip to ecuador wow. um and uh, we we went to quito ecuador and we were there for a week uh you know stayed in the ecuador national team facility we played uh a team liga de quito uh team in the top in top tier Ecuador, they're in, I think second place now. We tied them two two. You know, we played in front of thirty thousand fans. Uh, you know, when we landed, we landed at the airport at one a.m. and there's media, there's fans all in Chelsea jerseys, <laughs> like uh, you know, waiting to see Drogba. Um, and but it, you know, such an experience. You know, the the club brought us there to play because yeah. you know because this and he's Drogba's actually never played in South America like ever yeah. he's never played yeah. a game Ivory Coast never went there or anything so you know this was a once in a lifetime experience for these fans to to exactly. see Drogba and um it, it was uh it was a crazy it was a surreal experience you know to and see the looks on these people's faces just to see Drogba it's like so so now that's kind of instilled in me every day that I get to walk into a locker room and play with, uh, you know, a global legend like, like drug, but yeah. definitely don't take it for granted. Exactly. And I mean, I, I hear two things out of that. I, I hear just how powerful football is and how it's just such a global phenomenon and uh, how he, like you said, he never even played in South America and he's got so many fans and so many mm-hmm. people who love him. Uh, it's really fantastic to hear. And, shows how powerful and how beautiful the game really is and also the second thing i picked out is how grateful you are um at every opportunity you get uh to play the game and 
you know, I, I am the same way, and I think gratitude is huge, and I think people really need to start um, being grateful for what they got and not, you know, being ungrateful for what they don't have because, uh, you know, as you know, in football, things can change in the blink of an eye. So I think mm-hmm. we got to be grateful for, uh, for every day and what we get every day. Oh, exactly. Uh, you know, like, you know, we talked about earlier, it's uh, that grind is what makes everything so great. And, you know, to turn exactly. from a kid growing up in Montana and grinding a couple of years and playing semi-pro soccer after college to, you know, a five-year professional career, it's, uh, you know, every every year, every day I get to play is a, is another blessing and something I didn't. I didn't see in my future, you know, entirely. I knew I always wanted to play professionally, but, you know, how long a career can really last, you know, it can, like you said, it can be over in an instant. Uh, you know, every year is, don't take it for granted. And I try to find joy in every day, everything we do. And, um, and yeah, it's, uh, you know, it gets better and better every day, I think. Exactly, man. Exactly. And, um, just uh, really good to hear about your journey and your career so far. If we could delve a little bit into the lifestyle uh, off the pitch uh, and then some stuff on the pitch, it would be great to hear, you know, um, uh, because I think that is really, really important to how you perform. And uh, one, the number one topic I really like to talk about and uh, in the industry today you know, this thing isn't sexy. Sleep isn't sexy, but I, I personally think it's huge, and I just want to hear your opinion on it, you know, uh, in terms of what time you go to sleep, your thoughts on it, and uh, if you think it affects your performance. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. We, we went a long time on the journey, but it's uh, it's been it's been a long journey, and, uh, you know, happy to talk about it and hopefully inspire of some course, people uh, with it. But, um, yeah, no, I, I totally agree, and I think you talk to any footballer in the world that sleep is – probably the most important thing um yes to me like you uh there is no way you can go out and perform every day without getting an adequate amount of sleep um so yeah i i try to go to bed around 10 o'clock i mean i'm up I'm usually up around 6 30 uh mm-hmm. for training so you know trying to hit that eight hours of sleep is um the most important thing. Um, I'm not a big napper. Uh, yep. If I, if I nap, uh, I really won't sleep that well that night or I won't be able to fall asleep as early as I'd like. So, yeah. um, you know, if I, for me and everyone's different, you know, I know guys that can sleep all day and then yeah. go to sleep at night. And I don't understand that. I'm, I can actually oversleep pretty yep, easily same. if I, if I sleep more than, nine nine and a half hours or so i i won't i probably won't sleep that next night very well so i really try to stay consistent you know hit eight eight and a half hours um and then usually my body will wake me up really right around eight hours so but it's still so important that i know like if i don't sleep well that night the next day is it's going to be tough you know because you need to be sharp reflexes like that's you you gotta you gotta be rested Absolutely. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. And, uh, you know, I think it's, uh, I've had a bunch of po- podcast guests on here and, uh, you know, all similar stories and all similar grind. And I think, uh, one of the most important things in football and especially in life is to have a routine and, a and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a rhythm. And, uh, what I've really gotten into is, you know, studying the circadian rhythm and, 
you know, how important it is to be in a, in a good routine. And like you said, I, it does differ from individual to individual, but I think when someone is in a routine, um, doing the, you know, the right things, the same things every day and trying to get a little bit better in that thing, I think that's when you, you really improve and you feel your best. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. You know, that, uh, you know, it's like nine thirty rolls around. And it's like, I know that I'm like, okay, I'm getting ready for bed. Exactly. You know? No, you know, no screens, uh, you know, no TV, no falling asleep to TV or anything like that. Um, you know, shouldn't have screens in bed either. Um, like, you know, no, watching TV from your bed is not, is not ideal for, no, for exactly. that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I do have a, I do have a bit of a routine. Like, uh, you know, one of your questions later on is like, do you meditate? And, uh, yeah. I usually, I sometimes get some meditation in during the day, but really, you know, right before I go to bed, I've been working exactly. uh, on this app headspace, yeah. uh, you know, like guided meditation. And that's something I do usually, you know, brush my teeth, totally get ready for bed, uh, lay down and I, I go through a guided, you know, sleep meditation. Um, and I'm, and I'm out, <laughs> you know, yeah. some nights, some nights I don't need it. Some nights I'll just, if I'm, if I'm really tired and I know it, I'll just go straight to sleep. Um, you know, but a lot of times I do like to also take time to, you know, shut your mind down, um, mm -hmm. and stuff. So I, I do go through like a, a guided meditation usually before I go to bed. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And like you pointed out in the beginning, it's all individualized. Um, I think it really matters how, what works for you. And, uh, I think that's the most important thing. Um, what I advise people who ask questions and, you know, younger kids, I think the best thing to tell them is, and it's a tough answer is, you know, it's about trial and error. It's about experimenting mm -hmm. what works for you, because what works for me, what works for, you know, Zach, what works for another guy is not going to be the same as you. Uh, I mean, you could take some tips and things like that, but I think the ultimate thing is to try things out and see what works because, you know, everybody's. Uh, psychology everybody's physiology is different you know we're all human but we're, we all have different dna mm -hmm. no it's exactly it really is and it's all and that's you know goes for every aspect of it it's it's very individual exactly. and it it takes experience and um everyone does different things but yeah one thing i know definitely doesn't work is scrolling through instagram and twitter <laughs> exactly. when you're laying in bed like uh, that's <laughs> that's basically a fact that doesn't work yeah, for sure. For sure. That's for sure. You know, look at other people, compare yourself to them, mm -hmm. you know, before bed probably isn't ideal. No, that's, that, that'd be my yeah. one for sure. No, no. Yeah, exactly. Uh, then I want to touch on diet a bit. Um, you know, I want to know, uh, you know, if you follow a specific diet, uh, your typical breakfast and, you know, how you look at, uh, food because, uh, I saw one of those pics with you and your girlfriend. You're looking pretty shredded. So uh, <laughs> share your secrets, bro. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I, as far as a specific diet, uh, I don't. Um, I've been fortunate to kind of be able to – I can kind of eat what I, whatever I want to eat. I mean, that doesn't mean I, I go – I don't eat fast food. Um, you know, I well, early in my career, I, I – ate probably not as not as healthy um yeah but now it's but the thing is now too i'm 28 years old and i'm probably mm. more cut than i've almost ever been um wow 
So that and that, I think, has a lot to do with cleaning up my diet. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's nice. Like, again, you know, so fortunate that, you know, Phoenix takes care of our meal, like our our pre and post training meals. You know, we get breakfast and stuff. Um, awesome. And then our, our lunches are catered by a very good, you know, all organic restaurant that's that's balanced in fats, carbos, you know, proteins, uh, you know, so those meals are, are fantastic. But the biggest thing that I've been, that I've made the change to and, and and I have Sweden to thank a lot for it because they don't do, you know, you go to the grocery store and it's clean foods, you know, it's not processed. It's, it's basically. And so I, I really just look to eat whole foods absolutely you know, no matter what you're eating it's just like eat whole foods and you're gonna be you know ahead of any anything else um so that that was the biggest difference when i noticed going from here to sweden what the grocery stores look like yeah um, that's a that's a great point man and uh you know uh i completely agree with that you know you go into you go into a store in sweden and a lot of uh, americans come over here and you could probably vouch for this and it's so much smaller than our usual um, grocery store in America. And you wonder why. Uh, and the main reason is, you know, these people, they try to eat real whole foods, a lot of vegetables, lean meats. Uh, and I think, I think that's fantastic. And, you know, the number one tip I tell people, and uh, like you said, there's no specific diet you need to follow. No paleo, no Atkins, whatever, no carb, whatever it is. The most important mm-hmm. thing is to eat real food, mm-hmm. you know. Exactly, uh, I'm the uh, same real way. food, not processed, not packaged. Um, and like you said, I think Sweden as a country does a good job with that. Exactly, you know, if you if you look at a box or you look at something and you can't read the ingredients, yeah. on it, like yeah, and uh, like you you shouldn't be eating it, you know. Exactly, uh, exactly, man. So it takes obviously it takes a little bit more time to prepare, but so worth it in the long run in terms of health and. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really do feel better now at 28 than I was at 23, 24, when 22, when I'm eating, you know, a lot of processed foods. Um, exactly. So that that's the biggest diet, yeah, for me. Um, then you ask breakfast. My my go to. I mean, obviously, well, fortunately, I love breakfast. Breakfast is mm-hmm. my favorite meal of the day. But uh, nice. you know, when we're in morning training, it's like you know, bagel. Um, and cream cheese and then like uh, some toast with peanut butter, banana and honey. The, nice. the, the toast with peanut butter, banana and honey is probably my favorite thing. Yeah. Uh, I have that. Awesome. I have that every morning, no matter what. And then usually I also like breakfast. I also like eggs, you know, I, I like, yeah. making, I'm not, I like making omelets and, and breakfast burritos and, and whatnot. Um, so then I'll, you know, I'll make that for lunch or even dinner sometimes when I, you know, if I don't get it in the morning, uh, then I'm probably going to make some eggs at some point in the afternoon um, or evening. Uh, that's that's kind of my go to. And it's kind of sad that eggs, eggs get a bad rep, I think. Um, yeah. The, there's been so much things back. It's tough because there's been so much back and forth on it. Like, oh, the yolk's bad for you. This is yeah. bad for you. No, it's actually good for you. Um, exactly. And so now it's, you know, tough to know what to believe, but it's, it really is a fact that the whole egg is very good exactly. for you. There's good and bad cholesterol. Uh, you really don't have to worry about how many eggs you eat. So, yeah, sometimes, you know, I'll have four eggs in a day, four or five eggs, whatever. Yep. Um, day. That's, that's, my, that's my favorite. That's my go-to. Yeah. 
saying. I mean, breakfast for dinner is uh, never a problem at no, all. No, no, it's uh, never a bad thing. No, no. And, you know, something that really stood out to me that you said is, you know, when preparing your meals takes a lot more time, takes, you know, doesn't even take a lot more time. People uh, think that it takes longer than it actually does. But like you said, you know, things you do in the short term, you know, taking time to prepare your meals, you won't have to be paying medical bills and waiting at doctors mm-hmm. in the long term. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's a hundred percent pays off. So, and, and learning how to cook and being able to cook is a good thing. And it, it's, yeah, you know, Girls will definitely enjoy it. That's for it's, sure. Exactly. Say, like, <laughs> hey, if you can, if you can sit down and prepare a good meal, um, you know, and that's something you're gonna have to do for life. You know, we're exactly. yeah, we're young now, and it feels like oh, yeah. this is a waste of time. But yeah, it's something other than sleep, it's probably something we're gonna do more in life than anything else. Exactly, man. Exactly, and uh, like a lot of other things, you know, uh, I've been cooking for a while, and um, I'm not that great at it. But I've been doing it for four or five years. In the beginning, I was crap. Uh, mm-hmm. and the only thing I did was I just, I just did it and I just trial and error, you know, in the beginning it was crap. I was making grilled chicken on a George Foreman grill. The thing tasted <laughs> like cardboard. <laughs> and now I actually know how to marinate it a bit, add some seasoning. Been there, been there. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's fun. It is fun to like start to experiment with, uh, flavors and seasonings and, and, and everything. It's, uh, you know, and then when you hit it and you make some good stuff and you're like, yeah. That's nice right there. I, I created this. Exactly. So, man, exactly. Uh, so uh, if we could touch a bit on, uh, you know, overall team training, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how often you guys train and how long the team team trainings are, uh, you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, so right now this, I mean, that's probably the busiest season I've, I've ever had, uh, mm. but I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a workhorse. So if I haven't yeah. been getting enough training with other teams, I would do it on my own. Uh, exactly. this year, this year I really haven't had to, um, yeah. we, you know, we train, basically we train and play six days a week. Uh, wow. you know, in the month of May is going to be probably getting closer to seven in terms of something because we're playing every Wednesday, Saturday for the next month. Wow. Um, so yeah, we, we train every day, uh, you know, goalkeepers, we start usually 30 minutes to 45 minutes early before anyone else. So, you know, we can get our goalkeeper specific work in and then, you know, join in with the team, um, when we need, uh, you know, and then like on game days, uh, it Originally, we started out with the guys who didn't make the 18 would have a training session before the game. Uh, but now we just switched to uh, training actually after the game. And mm-hmm. all the guys who don't play 45 minutes who or who aren't in the 18 are running mm-hmm. a training session after the game. So everyone is keeping up on their fitness. Everyone's yeah. keeping up on their training because, you know, if you're not in that 18, you know, you lose – you lose a lot of training because it's like the day before training is, you know, slower paced, you know, lighter. And then if you're not in the game, you're losing that day. And then, you know, usually the day off after the game. So now you're three days without a really hard quality training session. Um, so having that day of training, you know, on game day, I think is really important um, for guys to stay, you know, to, to stay at the same level and then you're able to compete more for that spot you know mm-hmm. um 
so yeah, we're, we're six, seven days a week and now in recovery is huge with our, our coach. Um, yeah. So, so now I think once we're going with Wednesday, Saturdays, it's going to be, you know, we might have a day off, but would definitely be some kind of recovery session. Um, yeah. Uh, so like with that, we, we have a deal with a like cryotherapy. Nice. Yeah. Um, great stuff place so we're in there you know a lot of times sometimes it's optional like we just go we have to go but like on our own time whenever we want mm-hmm. um and then the, a lot of days are mandatory where our whole training staff comes in and we get a stretch uh as a team and then we do cryo so you know those are you know that's an hour-long session where we're stretching with trainers and then we're we're doing the cryotherapy um so i think there's going to be a lot of that here in may um, even even on our days off, we'll we'll have to do that because you know it's a game every three or four days. Yeah, yeah, nice man. And uh, you know, I always I always notice that every goalkeeper that I've been with, no matter where, they've always been some of the most professional guys in the team, and and that's great to see. And uh, I really wonder why that is. And I, you know, you could probably answer that, but my guess is, you know, it's one of the hardest positions on the pitch, and I think you guys do work you know, the hardest in training. I think some of that, you know, up and down constantly during the training is, is just tough on the body and the nervous system and the cardiovascular system. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Hey, I, yeah, I appreciate you saying that. Um, I, I think I'd have to agree. Um, I think in something I'm really starting to realize now it's, um, and why and I'm the same, every team it's been like, you know, these guys all train the most, they're doing the extra stuff. And I just kind of uh, realized it's what a lot of players and people don't realize how difficult it is to give up a goal, like how terrible it feels to to Mm. give up a goal, you know, to get scored on. Um, I mean, how about Sven Ulrich uh, against Madrid the other day, man? My my stomach, like my stomach was turning for him. Yeah, Um, Yeah. you know, same thing. Like Stefan Fry gave up, you know, a tough goal in the ninety third minute against LAFC, and like I get anxiety for these guys because I know how it feels. I know how they're gonna feel walking into the locker room and the eyes on you. You know, they don't have to say anything. I don't know if it's easier if they don't or if they do say yeah. something to you but like you know you know yeah you it's know. such a it's such a hard feeling that like you want to you, you got to put in the extra work you want to put in is so much work to not give up a goal like exactly. it, the 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 extra sessions the extra training it entirely pays off if you don't get scored on you know like exactly. that little bit of pain is so much better than what you're dealing with for you know, after a game when you, when you've given up a goal, even if, you know, if even if the team wins, you know, for a goalkeeper and you give up a goal, even with a win, you're still like, mm, I didn't totally get my job done. Exactly. You know? Um, so I think that's probably why so many guys, you know, it's, you, you can't take it lightly. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, when, when I go, when the whole team's relying on you to make that save and you're up one zero in the 93rd minute, uh, you know, you got to make it. And if you don't, you all eyes are on you. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you can't. And mistakes cost goals. So, you really, it's a it's a position that de- demands perfection, uh, even though it's something that's almost unattainable. But 
uh, you got to get as close to it as you can. Exactly. And I, I mean, what I hear from that is just, you know, a, a burning desire to get better every day because uh, of how much is that actually on the line, mm-hmm. uh, how much quote pressure you, you guys really do have. And I, I don't think, you know, a lot of field players can put themselves in your shoes. Um, so, you know, I really applaud you guys for that. And, uh, I know how hard you guys work. So it's great to see. That's, uh, yeah, it's tough. It takes a, it takes a special mentality. It takes a special person. We're all, we're all a little weird. Yeah, you you are. My my quirks and and stuff. Uh, I don't don't know if I've, I've met a couple of semi-normal goalkeepers. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think they're just, that's just, that's just a show. Exactly. When they're on their own, who knows what they're doing. Exactly, man. Exactly. But uh, in terms of extra training, um, like you said, you don't do much of it, but do you, do you guys do any additional lifting or um, additional stuff uh, in the gym uh, with your team training? Um, as a team, we actually, this year, we're not really uh, mandatory like workouts and stuff. Uh, we're mm-hmm. definitely more focused on recovery. Um, and stuff, but I personally am someone who, you know, values the gym. So I, that is the extra training. That's the only extra training I'm doing now on my own is, mm-hmm. you know, getting in the gym really right now with how much we're training, you know, we've been running also Tuesdays have always been a double day for this whole season exactly. as far. So, uh, like two, like double training on the field. Mm. so right now i'm really only lifting like twice a week but it's something that is so good for me mentally and physically uh you know i'm someone who prides themselves on being one of the strongest guys biggest guys on the field and the goalkeeper position demands you to be strong in every aspect you know you're stretching out you're coming through players you're diving um and then mentally it, it really just makes me feel feel good uh, yeah, exactly. You know, knowing I lifted, knowing I'm strong, knowing you know I've done the done a little bit extra work is is uh, goes a long ways for me. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, and I and I know players who you know don't hit the gym at all, and they're probably and they're one of the best players on the field. So it's you know it is finding about what works for you. But I think exactly. in terms of you know those guys though, they they're just kind of inherently strong. You know, they they're good. They have a stable base. They're Exactly. You know, they're balanced there. Uh, so I know they, they've definitely put work in, in the gym and they, I know they do do those things, maybe just not around everyone else. Exactly. I think and I think, I think I it's could, impossible uh, to make it. Exactly. I, I think I can identify some of those guys, you know, a lot of the, um, South American guys, Brazilian guys, uh, um, you know, a lot of the Middle Eastern guys and a lot of the African guys are just not, you know, from mm-hmm. their culture, I think, I think what I've really started to discover and look into is the culture that they're brought up in, mm-hmm. you know, the African culture, the Hispanic, the Hispanic, the Brazilian, uh, the Middle Eastern culture. I think it's a lot, a lot of dance, you know, a lot of culture. And I think, like you said, that's how they get that, that good base and that balance and that rhythm. Uh, and I think that's really, really huge because you look at Messi, you look at Neymar, you look at a lot of those guys, Aguero and Sanchez, they're not, you know, 
they're not pumping a ton of weight, but they're just so fluid on the pitch and they just move so well. Uh, and I really become obsessed with that because I think movement is key, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, they, and like really, you know, these guys have put in probably, you know, when they're kids and, you know, coming up as teenagers, like they put in so many hours on exactly. the field. Exactly. So many more hours than I ever did on the field that now I'm just trying to catch up and exactly. I can't spend that many hours on the field. So now it's like, all right, well, what, what do I supplement that with, you know, and that's mm. you know, getting in the gym and making sure I'm strong and, and, and exactly. stuff like that, where, you know, the, the amount of time on the field, they, they've built up that leg core strength, you know, exactly the balance, dense, you know, dense muscle fibers yeah. and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it's it really all evens out, you know, we're all, putting in the same amount of time it just depends on what you do exactly man so so what are some of those gym sessions you do consist of uh a lot of you know when i hit my legs right now it's it's a lot of just like stability work you know doing stuff on bosu balls single leg squats um you know a lot of single leg stuff you know making sure just really keeping the knees ankles hips locked in you know single leg rdls Mm. Um, you know, that kind of stuff with the legs, not heavy, but then some explosive stuff with some jumping yep. and whatnot. Um, and then, you know, again, my, my new favorite, not really new, but my favorite probably uh, tool is uh, TRX, you know, working yeah. on TRX bands, you know, it's just so good for stability wise, especially, you know, for me, I've, I've put in a ton of time in the gym in my life and I built up that strength. And at one point I got too big, like too strong. Right. Yeah. To where I couldn't even, where I couldn't even move on the field and there's definitely a balance, you know, I could, I could bench 285 pounds, but man, I got on the field and tried running and I wasn't going nowhere. So, um, you know, Mm -hmm. I I definitely slimmed down and I have that base. So now it's just maintenance. Um, Exactly. man. Exactly. That's a fantastic point. Fantastic point. I completely agree with you. I was the same way, you know. I think coming from the American culture, the American college culture, it's all about how much you can lift, how much you can bench, how much you can squat, how much you can deadlift, you know, the three compound complex movements, which mm-hmm. aren't, aren't bad in the off season um, if your form is, is fantastic and if your movement is good. Mm-hmm. But if not, I think too many strength coaches and too many people pack on the weight too quickly before analyzing people's movement and their biomechanics. Uh, and I think, you know, if you keep putting more weight on a broken thing, on a broken, you know, what, a broken uh, system, mm-hmm. then uh, it's only going to get worse and weaker. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's definitely something that will break down. And, you know, that, and that's the other problem with the college system is, you know, spring exactly. seasons are made up entirely of weights and runnings, you know. Was, exactly. So I had three three mornings a week where I was lifting, and then I'd go lift on my own in the evening, and then we'd all we'd do is like some conditioning. We weren't even allowed exactly. to touch you. We literally weren't even allowed to touch a ball. <laughs> yeah, such a uh, joke. And so you know that's that's when I really uh, got got too big. I wasn't sure if I was getting into a a fitness competition or if I was uh, <laughs> playing soccer. So uh, you know yeah. that's that's definitely now I. You know, it's it's nice to have that base. You know, I built up such a good base. Yeah, now. it's just exactly. about maintenance, and and you need it. Like you really do need that base. Um, mm-hmm. But then now it's yeah, it's about maintaining. 
Exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know, we've had you on the pod for a while. We appreciate your time. I would just want to ask maybe um, your top three tips and, and top three things that you would, you know, tell young players and um, other players who are aspiring, you know, the grinders who are aspiring to get to the next level. What are, you know, your top three tips or top three pieces of advice or tidbits that you would tell people if you have some? Um, yeah, I mean, let's see, I think, you know, this is like, kind of goes without saying, but you know, it's like, you know, you just can't, if you really want it, if you really truly want it, and there's a difference, you know, mm-hmm. you got to look at yourself in the mirror and, and ask yourself, like, do you really want it? You know, and yep. if you do, and if you're willing to sacrifice everything to get it, yep. which I not, you know, I look at myself in the mirror and I've done that. Um, then don't give up because you can make it happen. You know, you can work hard enough and you can develop the skill if you, you know, and that takes hours of putting it in on a field, but like, it's really like not giving up and find yourself. Like, do you really want it? Because if you don't, you're going to go halfway through it and you're going to give up. Um, but you know, and it's, and it's, it's worth it. I don't know if that's much of a tip, (laughs) but I mean, honestly, that's, that's fantastic. Uh, you know, like you said, I think that comes down to self-awareness. Like you said, can you look yourself in the mirror? Can you say to yourself, you know, will I really give everything and actually risk everything? Or am Mm -hmm. I going to just say, say these quotes and write these quotes down, but are you actually going to put that to action and live it? I think that's the question. Yeah, uh, exactly. You know, are you willing to pack up and buy a one-way ticket overseas? Are you willing to to miss weddings and parties and families? Exactly. And, uh, you know, give up your weekends, give up your nights uh, to to get it. Um, mm-hmm. And if you are, I I don't doubt that anyone can actually make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, that you can that you can get on the field enough and work on your skill and, uh, and seize opportunities. There's so many opportunities around the world, you know, going to Scandinavia, there's more, you know, if you look at it, there's almost more pro teams in Sweden than in the U S and they only have 10 million people in the country. Yeah. We have 300 million. Um, you know, there's cities that are tiny in Sweden that have two pro teams, you know, and then you have, (laughs) you have LA with, seven million people and they only have two proteins you know yeah yeah great point uh so it's like you know are you willing to go and do these things get out there yep and, yep. and do it um yeah you know that's the biggest that's that's the biggest thing to me yeah um, and i think that's all that's all the listeners really need to hear unless you want to add some add some more things but i think that's a great thing to end on because i think th- that's what it all comes down to you know you can do all the training all the, you know, eating well, sleeping well. But if you don't have that in your mind, that you will do absolutely anything. Like you said, skip weddings, skip friends' parties, uh, sacrifice uh, a lot of your going out life, going mm-hmm. out to clubs and all this bullshit, mm-hmm. which doesn't mean anything at the end of the day. Yeah, it doesn't mean um, If you can do that, like you said, I, I, and I completely agree with you, anyone can make it in this game. Mm-hmm. No, one hundred percent. And yeah, if you've done the work, you've developed the skill. You've yep have a soccer IQ. You watch the games. 
yeah um you can you can go out and make it happen there's there's plenty exactly. of opportunity exactly so that that's, hey, that, that's, that's a, a fantastic thing. thing to end on uh really really appreciate you coming on you're a great dude man and uh you know we'll definitely catch a beer or a meal sometime in the near football future definitely uh, and, uh, the the soccer world's so small that i'm i'm sure our paths will 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 cross um but yeah no it was a, it was a pleasure to get on i've seen you know I've, you gotta appreciate someone i know you're grinding and you've been through it and you're pushing uh so always happy to to connect and and uh help out and and get on and have a conversation. I mean, it's awesome. Appreciate that, man. And um, I know we got a lot of users who get in contact with uh, the guys that come on, the guys and girls who come on. If you can just uh, give us, you know, some of your social media or your email, wherever it's best for people to contact you. I know a lot of goalkeepers will probably be contacting you. Um, if you can just, you know, say that for us, I'll put it in the description. That'd be great. Yeah, um, you know, both my Twitter and Instagram are zlubin28. Um, you know, great place to follow. You send me, you know, DM or Facebook, uh, Zach Lubin, just Z-A-C, uh, and then L-U-B-I-N. Uh, I think I'm probably the only, I think I'm the only Zach Lubin spelt that way uh, on Facebook. So so not, not far, not, not hard to find, uh, you know add me uh you know i like to help out players uh you know give advice when i can um because you know that's that's ultimately uh help each other out i've received you know obviously you can never do it alone and i've received help through my career so uh happy to pass it along fantastic man hey zach we uh you know we wish you the best and i know you're gonna have a fantastic season and fantastic rest of the career and wish you the best of luck and look forward to staying in touch man Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, same Thank to you. you. Keep, keep killing over in Sweden. Appreciate you, brother. Keep in contact. Right. Talk soon. Yep. All the best. All right. Peace, man. See you.